Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 43 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's mom. Today I get to have another one of my conversations with Gwen. I just love talking to her and being able to share her incredible knowledge of grief with all of my listeners. I just feel like she is just such a benefit to me and anyone who can listen to her. Strength and courage are two words that are not frequently associated with grief, but both are actually a huge part of grief. Without strength and courage, you cannot even begin to start to heal from your grief. I know that I personally do not feel very strong or courageous. I guess that's why it's so important for someone like Gwen to remind me and all of you that we are. We are strong. We are courageous. We can encourage ourselves. We can offer encouragement to others. The whole message of this entire podcast series is to offer hope and help to parents grieving the loss of a child. The only way that we can find hope and healing is by being strong, by being courageous. And the way we help each other be strong and courageous is to help encourage other people to find things activities or people that can help offer encouragement to us. Today, I ask all of you, where do you find your encouragement? Really think about that question. Think about how you can answer that. Today, find some way to encourage yourself. And if it's at all possible, find a way to encourage someone else. so much for agreeing to come on again today, Gwen. You know, I love our conversations together. I enjoyed them as well. Thank you for having me again. This is the first interview that I've gotten to do in person in months now. Just noted to our audience, we are sitting across the table from each other, so we have some good distance, but it is nice to be able to look right in your face and be able to see you. So... Uh, that's a blessing as well. Thank you. And we've you. already had a really good chat before we started recording. I know, which we probably shouldn't have done. <laughs> right. Honestly. Probably would have been better to just start immediately. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's been a long time, right. so we had some catching up to do. We're just going to have kind of a different kind of conversation. Yeah. I want you to just start out with what you were thinking about and what made you think about it, and then I'll give a little background too. Okay. Well, one of the recent podcasts in the last few weeks when you wrote your story, and I think you'll talk about that, you were feeling discouraged, should I go on? And as I read that, I thought, you know, it's interesting because we don't 
encourage people to stay in the race, for lack of a better word. And I was reminded of an uh, editorial I read many, many years ago that said, in a parade, you know, we salute veterans and people who have fought for our freedoms, and we stand up and we clap, and, you know, we honor people who are heroes. And right now, during COVID, we're certainly doing that. People who have stepped up above and beyond and put themselves at risk. But what this editorial talked about is sometimes it takes the uh, bravery <laughs> just to live when your heart is hurting. Mm-hmm. And I thought, as a grief person, many times I thought, I just want to parade for bereaved people where you can be on a float and people can stand on the side and clap for you and cheer and say, you do it. You get up tomorrow when you know there's more hurt tomorrow. I mean, you know, because yeah. it doesn't mean just because you survived today that tomorrow doesn't have hurt. So it's that whole concept of saluting or encouraging those who are hurting. So I have a few ideas to go, but um, do you kind of want to talk about where you were at that day? And Yeah, I I just was feeling just down, just mm-hmm. really sad. I, I We talked about it this last episode too, about summer being a hard time and me really feeling like I'm going back. I'm thinking about mm-hmm. two years ago as I'm going through all of these transitions Mm -hmm. with Peter I'm thinking about doing the same things with Andy and how it never came to be and then I I just was trying to figure out whether it was worth it right Right. whether me doing the podcast and talking to bereaved people was really helping anyone at all Um, because I mean to be quite honest sometimes I get done with a podcast and I'm feeling a little more sad. Right, right. Right. Because I'm thinking about these horrible situations these other families have gone through. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel for them. Right. And sometimes, I guess, I feel like I just am tired of having so much feeling mm-hmm. and having so much hurt. Right. And you just want it to just stop for mm-hmm. a little while. And you think... Maybe if I stopped doing all of this, I could stop hurting for a while. Right. You which know. is which is totally not true. Right. I mean, I can't turn off those hurts. I absolutely right. can't. But I think taking on other people's story is a, is a part of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, it reminded me as you were talking that because I do grief work here in West Michigan, I obviously I listen to my own news and area tragedies that happen and then I hear about others but it's funny when I call my family who lives in Minnesota um, they will tell me about tragedies there and I say you know what I can't take those on too like I will take care of my space here and I'll give you resources but man I can't start watching every state's news and as you were talking I thought that's kind of what you do you've been met people all over the country we were just talking about people all over the world who have contacted you that now you're hearing Mm-hmm. their stuff right yeah so it's like and I watching... think it depends on where I am personally mm-hmm. at the moment right. right most of the time I feel like this sharing helps me mm-hmm. actually it helps me to look at my grief it helps me to grow it helps me to feel like there's a purpose mm-hmm. for my grief there's a purpose for what Andy and I kind of are doing here mm-hmm. together right. through the podcast. But there are certainly days when I'm just sad and I mm-hmm. just don't know 
how much more sadness I can take. Right. Right. And just like even this past Sunday, you know, we're just doing church via uh, YouTube. Right. But, you know, two other teens in the community have recently died tragically. And I take that on. Right. I take that on in ways that I wouldn't have before. Mm -hmm. I think about those poor poor parents and what they're going through. And and I'm putting myself back there all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just tough. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost as if we're talking about two things here. One is the bereavement overload and having being so aware of what pain is. And like you said, knowing what those families are facing. And then it's finding the strength to do our own grief work and feeling caring theirs as well. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about caring our own is it's hard because we, we can't put it down. Now I do encourage people to put it down for a few hours sometimes Mm -hmm. for a time where you can say, I'm going to just, you know, take a walk and with my friend and not think about it in these two hours. So we have to set it down a little bit and kind of dose that out. Um, but mentally, how do we encourage ourselves to keep going when we can't, you can't ever get rid of it. So when you think about, I was just thinking of the hero, you know, as a fireman who runs into a a fiery building and, you know, saves people, it's like living in the fire, right? for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my thought for today was two things is to acknowledge, and I don't want to say celebrate, it's more acknowledge that we are living Mm -hmm. and getting up each day and doing difficult things. Mm -hmm. And we're taking risks to love again when we know there might be more pain. Right. We're taking risks to hear someone else's pain when we live in community with other bereaved people. We're taking risks to get in a car and drive again or um, to allow other people to take your child somewhere. Mm -hmm. I just asked you, you know, um, is that hard to do? Yeah. So we we get up. So we're facing pain. We're taking risks. That's bravery. That's courage. And I just want people to. Um, because the world's not going to, we're not going to have a parade for bereaved people and, and encourage you. So we have to do that ourselves. Mm -hmm. Just kind of say, I'm doing good, or this is hard work and acknowledge that. So that's kind of, you know, thinking about celebrating our country and our freedoms and things, you know, in the next week or so with 4th of July and it being, um, who's celebrating us and can we learn how to celebrate us? Yeah. So, one of the thoughts with that is um, to ask yourself the question, where do I find strength to go on? And you yes. answered that partially by saying, helping these people helps me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it and it truly does. And I don't want to give the impression at the beginning, me saying that when I was feeling just tired, that I really want to stop mm-hmm. because I don't. I was just having kind of a tired day right. and a tired moment but you're right overall this is what gives me strength right a hundred percent before I started the podcast I was not working I was not seeing patients I was not doing even close to as many things as I am able to do now so it does give me strength and in general hearing stories from other people just 
help, I mean, me being able to offer some bit of comfort Mm -hmm. and me being able to offer a platform for them to be able to help keep their child's memory alive is amazing and wonderful. But I do want to say too, how blessed was I when a couple of weeks ago I was feeling so down and distraught and wondering if I should go on. And I felt like God just came and answered it a hundred percent. Like within 24, 36 hours, I had people from all of these different platforms. I had two people write me on Instagram and one and a couple more on Facebook messenger and an email. And then this, and another interview that just was so empowering to me that was the the Mm -hmm. interview with Dobbs and Reed's mom um I that was especially powerful I know you haven't gotten the chance Mm -hmm. to listen to that one yet but from the very first moment that I started talking to her she happened to sit down in a chair in front of Andy's favorite bible verse be still and know that I am God right Psalm 46 10 and I knew I knew that was God telling me, yeah. listen to her. Right. This is special. Yeah. I mean, of any chair in her house that she chose mm-hmm. to sit in, right. that was the one. That was not coincidence. Mm-hmm. And that's what I needed. I needed her to listen to her. And really, I mean, she has taken that verse so much. I mean, she says that verse is every in every room in her entire house she has that verse and her little two-year-old son had memorized that verse Mm -hmm. and the day before he died he said that to her and her husband when they were both anxious and nervous before this family wedding he said be Uh. still and know that i am god to help (laughs) calm them down so i mean it's very very powerful and not coincidental right not at all and you almost jumped to the conclusion there about how god does um, give us the strength to go on. I mean, I think that's ultimately where we as believers find our strength. So I'd like to come back to that. But you just said a few things. Um, when you said that um, you weren't really thinking about giving up, you were just expressing or you said having a sad day. Yeah. I just wrote down as you were saying that the word honesty. I think one of the things that your listeners can celebrate is that you don't sugarcoat things and that you have that honest realness. And I think what we're really talking about is being brave enough to tell at least one other person who you are mm-hmm. and what you're dealing with. And so that that honesty that you had, you had it with God too. And when we get that real and honest, then we're open to hear what people have to say. We're open to what God has to say. I mean, it's not until we have those really heartfelt things that say, hey, I've got something really heavy here. And then we're open to hear what others or God has for us. So I really think that um, that is a real attribute that you've given um, and that you have that's really valuable is your honesty. Well, and I'm working on it, right? I mean, <laughs> okay. it's always a work in progress. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about this last week. Stephanie and I talked about honesty because okay. I feel like her honesty is better than mine like she will tell people this you need to give me grace today for this and I will still kind of put up a little bit of a block feeling like I don't think I want people to see me that vulnerable it's interesting on a podcast 
that when I am talking to many strangers, Mm -hmm. I can be much more honest. Right. But in my own personal life, it's more difficult. Well, I think we're that way with a lot of emotions. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easier to be angry at someone who drives by you and you can give them an awful gesture than it would be to give that gesture to your neighbor, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, a car driving by, um, it's that displaced, like they'll they'll never know me or I can just share this here. Um, So yeah, there is a little bit of safety or cushion in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other piece that I noticed about you today before we recorded and since is that you always refer to the children's names. You know, yeah. they're the children, you know, always Andy's mom in your title. And you mentioned just part of why you do this is to help them have a voice for their children and their story. Yes. And um, that that's a beautiful thing. And that has what gives you strength, too, is um, being able to say their name. And I think even if a mom never comes on your podcast, she has the ability to speak her child's name. But sometimes we're not brave enough to do it because if I do it here, I might make them upset. Or this is a happy group. You and I've talked about that. that right. You went to a few right. things and thought, oh, they don't want this grieving mom here. But find someone that you can speak their name or some way and hopefully inside of our families and I think you and I have written down that we'll talk about families um, Mm -hmm. in some future segment what happens inside of our family but hopefully in families we can have that open communication where we can say their name Mm -hmm. but you're right it is really hard and I've I've had people write to me and email to me that they haven't written out their child's story ever, right? Mm. They've maybe spoken it to some family members, but they haven't said it in a long time. And right. they haven't gotten to to think of themselves as so-and-so's mom mm-hmm. or dad in a long time. Right. And so I think to be able to even write to me can give people a mm-hmm. little bit of an outlet, right? Yeah. To be able to, I can be... Henry's mom again. Right. Or, yeah. You know. mm-hmm. And writing the story out is a beautiful thing. You know, I said sharing it with someone, that's probably the step after writing it and yeah. writing it out. And you don't necessarily have to, you know, share it on a podcast, but just being able to write that out and remember the days and what happened and who they were and all those sorts of things. That's why, you know, people ask me all the time about my job and how sad it is. And yes, I do have a very sad job, but maybe we've talked about this before, but the retelling of the story and the beautiful stories that I get the honor of hearing, I've learned so much. I've been in so many love stories, so many beautiful, you know, because I don't just work with bereaved parents. I work with widows Mm -hmm. and widowers. And, you know, how did you meet that person? What were they like? And then when I talk to a parent, tell me what your child was like. What kind of toddler were they? Those, I I hear some beautiful, amazing things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why I always start out all of my episodes that way. Right. We always start out, tell me about your child. Right. Because... We don't just need to tell, say what happened to right. them. It's yeah. so much more than that. Right, exactly. Because sometimes we do talk more about their death than their life. And sometimes we just want to talk about their living. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I want to talk way more about Andy's life than right. about his death. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, one of those blessings that I got back, I said I had, was reached out in several different ways. So I am going to share one of the stories 
that just was so touching to me. So I put out my podcast and there as a woman that went to high school with my husband here in Michigan and she lives in Georgia and she was sitting in her driveway social distancing with some neighbors and somehow it came up that she was from Michigan originally and one of her neighbors said I listened to a podcast done by a woman in Michigan where where or something like mm-hmm. that where in Michigan or whatever and the neighbor knew that she had lost a child mm. and so she came back and said Marcy Larson wow and she said yes <laughs> So there they were in their driveway in Georgia, this mom who was just listening to me, you know, happened her neighbor happened Mm -hmm. to have gone to high school with my husband. Right. So they knew and they could connect over that and Mm -hmm. she could think about her child a little bit. I mean, it was beautiful. And then she said she'd been wanting to reach out to me and and write out her story, and she hadn't. Mm. So she did then. Oh, that's beautiful. But how we originally found out about it is Eric then gets this text message from this woman he went to high school with telling this story. You'll never believe what happened. You'll never believe what happened. And they didn't know I was having a bad day. Yeah. I mean, nobody knew I was having a bad day. That was the exact day that I had struggled, Mm -hmm. right? Because it was the next morning. I get this text now from Eric saying, look at the text I just got. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, for those listening, it is, it's not always a bolt of lightning that God sends or, you know, the big, um, we, we kind of expect big things if our world's going to be shaken and you go, oh, there's God. It's sometimes just, it's a text. It's something that somebody says something and they don't even know how encouraging it was to you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I talk to brief people about their relationship and how it ch- their faith changes and how they can't view mm-hmm. God, is that we don't always see God by looking up. We see him by looking left and right and around us. And what is he putting in front of me? He put that verse right in the frame in that yeah. house. He put this text message. There's things. So look around and what are we missing that we don't mm-hmm. see that are those winks from him that says, you know, I care about you or keep going or those encouragement. Right. Because that's really what I needed at that mm-hmm. time because I was right. just really feeling discouraged. Right. So. Because one, you know, I asked the question, where do we find strength? Um, So one of the things is also, how do we encourage other mourners or people listening who are, you know, friends or family of someone who is grieving a death loss is that how do we do that? We have to look and maybe you're in a support group and maybe someone else is discouraged right now. And sometimes the group is just about encouraging them. And I don't want to say just because that's mm-hmm. really huge. Um, that sometimes our role and how we make it through is by today, I'm not going to so much worry about me or my grief, but I'm going to help somebody else in theirs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who else needs this? So I have a friend who um, we were talking and um, difficulty in marriage, which marriage is one of the hardest things we've ever done, (laughs) Um, you know, and it has its ups and downs. And she said, some days, rather than focusing on my own marriage, I look for ways to encourage other people in their marriage or listen to other people. And it does give us strength to go, oh, we're not the only one and not just so focused on us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it helps so much 
for me to talk to other bereaved people. It just, mm-hmm. it just helps me not feel alone. Right, right, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're going through things together. Mm-hmm. Especially now. I mean, now with just in our country. Now, oh, yeah. I just feel like mm-hmm. there are just so many struggles and right. so um, much divisiveness. Right. To be able to feel like you can unify. Right. It's big. Well, it is. And, you know, we have been trying to keep in touch with our bereaved people in different ways, but we had um, our grief scoops mm-hmm. <laughs> last week, which was instead of grief groups, we gathered outside at a safe social distance um, for ice cream. Yes. I watched and observed in these 20 some people that came how. They missed and longed for each other. I mean, the people that are in the child loss group, I mean, they had their chairs in a circle in 30 seconds. Like the ice cream was so down the list. It was just like, we're going to meet right here in this shaded spot. And I'm like, they need each other. I know. I mean, it's such, it was so beautiful to watch. Yeah. yeah. And I miss that. I'm, yeah. I really do. Yeah, we do when we're not. Um, and sometimes I fear um, that, We've been so long without community. We don't know how to re-engage in it, too. It's hard to think about getting re-involved. Like, oh, it's just easier maybe if I don't go. But it was beautiful to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, even I find myself, like, watching TV now and, like, people are hugging and getting really Mm -hmm. close. And and my first instinct is to look at that and go, can't do that now during COVID. I mean, like, it almost looks weird. Mm -hmm. And, And, like... That should not look weird right? to have people hug. But it feels so foreign just by going these it few does. months without, you mm-hmm. know. It does. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I watch, like you said, other shows and think, oh, that was before COVID. And, yes. You know, even today, when I said about putting your grief down for a minute, I was going to say go to a movie for a few hours. Well, but you, you can't can. go to a movie. Yeah. So I stopped I mean, myself. You yeah, can, but hopefully. Yeah. And we will soon. So saluting and encouraging, supporting, acknowledging other mourners is really important and acknowledging ourself and our own. So this is the next... I think that's hard. I think that is is, is harder. Mm -hmm. I have a much easier time encouraging and supporting other people than myself. I'm quick to beat myself up. Right. I was yes, telling you just yes, today, right. I was beating myself up over yep. something. So. And I said, change your perspective, look at it differently. It, and hopefully, hopefully that gave a little I, bit of insight as we, but yeah. we tend to, the perspective that we look through for ourselves is very critical. Very and, so. and the expectations that we have that we should be doing better, or I should have done that, or a good mom would have, or, you know, yeah. and that's really hard. So how do we do that? But we really have to talk Mm -hmm. to ourselves. I mean, we really have to encourage ourselves to say, you're doing a really good job. You're getting up every day and doing this hard thing. So one of the assignments that I give bereaved people to do often is to do something nice for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's not easy to do. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. And I don't do that like in the first several weeks of meeting bereaved people, but this is something that, you know, down the road, it becomes something that, how long has it been? And I guess I'm asking your listeners, how long has it been since you've just done something nice for you? So I've had some funny experiences in giving this example, um, or this assignment. I had a man call me up and he said, um, 
are you the lady helping my mother? And I said, well, I might be. And he said, did you or did you not tell her to go and buy herself a red Cadillac convertible? And I said, well, not technically. I didn't say go buy that. I said, do something nice for yourself. And Mm -hmm. I said, can she afford it? And he said, yes. And I said, well good for her. And she said, I like it. I like the way it feels. I, my husband thought they were a foolish and now, um, I'm just going to do it. But I've also seen people who in doing something nice for themselves, it looks like taking a friend to lunch to thank them for being there for them. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's also twofold. They're serving someone else or they're thanking someone. Um, it could be as simple as a pedicure, a manicure, a massage, um, that human touch, whatever that is. So I've heard so many things that people have done. Mm -hmm. Um, so It, it reminds me of, uh, in pediatrics, we, we have this, uh, it's called healthy counts. So you're supposed to, it's like a zero oh. to nine and things you do to keep a healthy body. Right? Okay. And it's eight hours of sleep every night. And I can't remember them all, but I right. remember eight hours of sleep every night. I Eating remember your zero, vegetables. zero sugary drinks. Uh, and four, which is the one that is right in the middle box, is four positive self messages a day. Oh, love it. I know, but I don't do it. Right, and we it's, don't. It's funny. I look at that healthy counts thing every day when I go to the office. I talk about stuff every day. And there's the one right in the middle. And I think they put it in the middle on purpose because it is very important. But yet, I don't do it. No. And that's really... So again, back to what made me think of this is people aren't doing it for us oftentimes, right. especially in our grief, because they don't know what it's like. So they don't know how to support us and encourage us. And it's hard for us to do for ourselves, but we need to do that. Well, and even if people would do it to you and say, hey, you're doing a great job. That was mm-hmm. really good today. Mm-hmm. What am I going to say? No, it wasn't. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to push it off. No I'm going to blow it off. Yeah. It's, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, I talked about recently me having a struggle at the office with being asked to see someone after a car accident. I couldn't do it. I felt like a failure. And people are like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And I'm, what am I thinking in my mind? No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's yeah, tough. It, it is, is really, really hard to try to it flip is. that mindset of not only saying positive self messages to yourself but even accepting it from other people and mm-hmm. saying thank you i'm right. glad that you saw how hard that was for me right that's night and you know just to be acknowledged right. and to say thank you instead of saying oh it was nothing right. or oh you have no idea it was yeah. really bad anyway but we we would be um further down the road because the I what whoever created that healthy counts chart yeah. uh-huh. knew what they were talking about right and positive mental attitude does affect yeah. you know scientists show that people with positive mental attitude you know succeed or have success in things so then if we want to be successful in our grief how do i have that positive how do i encourage myself how do i find strength for myself to keep going and again we have to find the energy to do that well it reminds me of just yesterday i was out golfing with peter and i am not a good golfer and (laughs) 
And I would say, oh, I'm going to do terrible on this shot. Mm -hmm. And of course, then I would. And Peter would say to me, you know why you did bad? It's because you said you were going to do bad. None of the professional golfers do that. They always envision that they're going to hit it perfectly. And then they hit it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens then later in the same round of golf, Peter gets a bad attitude. Mm. And he can't hit anything. I mean, it was terrible and he's mopey and grumpy and whatever and I said I think you need to think back to what you said to me on the second hole Mm -hmm. right maybe it's the attitude so I guess we both need to work on this Mm -hmm. as as it but I mean that just goes to show in something like that like just playing golf if you have a bad attitude things are going to go badly everything and absolutely and I really believe part of grief um I'm going to use the word recovery but you know we don't ever recover from it but as we begin to resolve it and healing in our grief really does have to do with our attitude towards it. Now, I am not saying that those at the beginning of their grief need to go, oh, yeah, you're doing a great job. I mean, it is the depths of pain. Um, But over a period of time, we need to begin saying, what is my attitude about this? So I meet bereaved people who say, well, my life is horrible now. Right. And it's horrible. And my life is over. Yeah. I mean, I said that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But then now, if you were to be asked about your life, hopefully it has some positive flair to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've already talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, some future plans or what's happening. Um, And I wouldn't say my life is over. Right. And I definitely did. Right. So it's how we approach it. So I think to take it in baby steps, though, is just looking at, do I clap and cheer for myself ever? Yeah. Do I ever just say, go, Gwen, you've got this. Now, I was voted class optimist in my high school. So I think I come a little bit, I'm, you know, yeah. by it naturally. Um, it's just been part of my nature for a very long time. But as a mom, that's besides working with bereaved people, um, that has been where I've seen the value or the, the, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, it's an enormous job encouraging a child to grow yes. up and to grow. And so it's been a lot of that positive reinforcement. And matter of fact, just today with my daughter, she texted me at her from her job. When she got there, she's struggling with it. Um, it's not run very well. She, and she got there and she texted me and said, they put me on a, a unit I've never been trained on. That's how disorganized they are. And right then I could say, oh, that stinks and it's yes. going to be a bad day. I said, you've got this. And I said, here's my motto for you today. Do your best and leave the rest. Yeah. That makes a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and again, my child's not going to come to me and say, thanks for, you know, clapping me on, but it's how we talk and it's how we approach things. So I think for us who are listening, how do I talk to myself? What do I say? And that, I mean, I have a whole presentation I do on the power of positive thinking in our grief. And I could be here all day giving you examples of, like I said, families I've met who it's horrible or um, choosing to say, this is very hard, but I'm going to survive this. Well, and I like what you said to your daughter in saying, you've got this. You did not say, oh, it's okay. It's not a big deal. You did not minimize it at all. 
You just acknowledge that she's tough and she can yeah, do it. She's got what it takes. Well, that's interesting that you say that because, you know, I obviously read um, a lot about grief and have been studying this a long time. And there is um, an expert in grief named Doug Smith. And when he talks about what bereaved people need, this is what he said, you know, what helps them in healing. He says, you've got what it takes. Yeah. There is no cure, but you do heal. Mm-hmm. And whatever your strengths are, that's going to be what helps you in this. Mm-hmm. So just giving bereaved people that you've got what it takes. And and I knew my daughter has what it takes to do her job today. Mm-hmm. So I had to remind her of that. But that's what I do with but, grief work too. Yeah. And is, you can still acknowledge that it's hard. Right. And, and that would stink to get somewhere and then put you somewhere they've never trained you. Yeah. You know, that's not an easy thing. I think about just being in pediatrics practice and seeing patients. And if you're going to have to do even a procedure, like I'm going to freeze a wart or something, Mm -hmm. and that hurts. It hurts. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times parents will want to say to their kids, oh, it doesn't hurt. It's fine. Yeah. Well, that's dumb to Mm -hmm. say to them, really, because it is going to hurt. So what I always will say is, yes. It is going to hurt, but you are tough. I know you. Mm-hmm. You're going to get this. Right. Exactly. You're going to get through it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and you, so you've acknowledged the fact that mm-hmm. it's a hard thing, but you now set them up to succeed. Right. That they Instead got it. of they can like, make it this through. is going to be impossible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have three people hold you down. Right. I, th- that's not the way you want to go about it. But you also can't just mm-hmm. say, Oh, this is nothing. Because then when it does hurt, now they feel betrayed. You know, they're lied right. to about it. Right. And then, or you feel like, wow, if this really wasn't supposed to hurt and it really hurt me, I guess I'm What's a wimp. Wrong with me? Right. What's wrong with me? What's yeah. wrong with me? Right. So in, that goes along with bereaved people too, to say, if you minimize it or look on the bright side or yeah. this is all rosy, mm-hmm. it really minimizes that it makes them feel worse about themselves but if you acknowledge it's hard but say but I know you can do it right and you can make it Mm -hmm. through then all of a sudden you you instill more resilience Mm -hmm. and you know it's still hard right but you know it's a different kind of attitude Mm -hmm. yeah because there's like I feel like three different things you can take attitudes you can like oh this is not a big deal Right. This is a really big deal and I can do it. This is a really big deal. I don't have a chance. Mm -hmm. Those are the three different things you can do. Right. And you really got to try to stay Mm -hmm. in the middle. Yeah. Because both ends of the spectrum are terrible to Mm -hmm. live in. Yeah. Because I've kind of tried that, right? I've been on the end of this is too hard. I absolutely can't do it. I've been on the other end of just stuff it down, just stuff it down, just stuff it down. Just act like everything is normal. Mm-hmm. And that's you impossible. You can't do that either. Yeah, that's totally it's impossible. impossible. Yeah. I think you might laugh at this of the when you were giving the example of a procedure at the doctor. Um, I have a running joke with my doctor. Please don't say the word slight before anything. I mean, because he'd say, oh, a slight pinch. Yeah. No, it's not slight. So just get that word out right. of there. Don't minimize it for me. This right. is going to pinch. Just say that. This is going to pinch, but you can do it. Right. Yeah. That's that's the difference. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. huge. Right. And so for breed people, we're not trying to minimize. And I say, oh, you know, this is easy. Get out there and march on. It is hard. Yeah. But you can do it. 
And, and I think you, you are doing it. You have right. survived. You are doing it. Um, and that's why, you know, people say to me, oh, I don't want to bring it up. Um, if I bring up their person, because I, you know, don't want to get, get make them upset them or, you know, yeah. what if they can't take it? They're already taking it. Yeah, I know. You know, they're already, already carrying it. It's not like you're going to go, oh, I know. yeah, I forgot about that. I, when people bring up Andy at the office, I I do tear up. I do. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to think. I more tear up because it is so moving to me that they have remembered. Mm-hmm. That they have remembered that something would be challenging yeah. for me. Or have remembered Andy in a positive way. Or mm-hmm. have remembered something. And I know the tears won't always come. Mm-hmm. When I was talking to Stephanie last week, she said she feels like now in and year three, there are times when she can talk about Cannon's smile. And well, in year one and year two, she felt like every time she mentioned her name, she would tear up mm-hmm. and start to cry. Mm-hmm. So that will change. But... Even when you're early and the person tears up, it's probably just because they really appreciate you mentioning it. Oh, absolutely. And as we talked about before, it's so close to the surface that you can't help but let it ooze out. I mean, it's just not something that you can hold back. And, you know, our grief is is a tribute to love. I mean, if you have, um, Dr. Wolfelt says, if you have the ability to love someone, you have the necessity to mourn when they're no longer there. So it's the part of loving and it's a risk that we all take in loving someone. Mm -hmm. So people say to me, take my pain away. The only way I could do that was to take the love away. And I've never met anyone willing to give me their love I mean no you would never trade those years or I don't care if it's been two months that you've loved someone or you know 20 years however long it's been not gonna trade that no 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 matter Mm -mm. how bad the pain is you wouldn't I mean I wouldn't have given up my 14 years with Andy no for anything I wouldn't I wouldn't so I think what what I would want um from people today is realizing that you know, we find a strength we didn't know we had. We get up every morning and gradually we begin, you know, doing things. We resume living. Like you mentioned, the pain isn't as intense as it was at the beginning. And and it's hard to see that progress, but it's there. Mm-hmm. It is definitely there. And so um, we are stronger and we have survived. I think about my friend Michelle all the time because I have had many times when I've been sad around her, right? And I will say, I can't do this. I can't do this. And her response to me always is, Marcy, you are doing, doing this. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are doing right. it. Right. Yeah. And it that is such an encouragement to me mm-hmm. because that is when I'm feeling just lost and I feel like I can't to have someone say, but you are Right. You are already doing this. Right. And that is what I would want to say to people who are supporting bereaved people. That is the most beautiful thing to say to someone. Mm-hmm. So not even you can do it. You are, are doing, doing it. it. Right. And I think that was our whole purpose of the broadcast today, that people will hear you are doing it. You yes. are doing something that does require me to take my hat off, put it on my heart, salute you and go, way to go. You're doing I mean, it. that is amazing. You got out of bed today. You're doing it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yep. you do, it does not have to be a lot no but everything that you are doing especially when you feel 
this kind of pain. Well, and you know, I think of slogans, whether it's to quit smoking, never quit quitting, or, you know, with the diet, you don't just give up, you get up the next day. It's the same thing with breathing. I mean, you, you keep going, even though it feels like maybe we're not getting anywhere and it, you get up and you do it the next day and you get up and you do it again is to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some days are worse, right? Mm-hmm. That oh, day absolutely. a few weeks ago, I was just down and I was mm-hmm. feeling like, I don't know that I want to just keep on getting mm-hmm. up and doing it every day. Mm-hmm. But that's okay to have some, those days too. And oh, it's absolutely. okay to have whole days yeah. where you don't get up off the couch. Mm-hmm. If you have a bad day, it's okay to just say, today was bad, oh. but tomorrow can be better. Absolutely. And to say, I... I I need to rest today. So going back to that, doing something good for yourself, sometimes it is a rest day. It's a down day. It's a day to say, I'm I'm not going to do any of this today. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good to do. Before we have to wrap this up, there was something else with that that I wanted to say. When people do something good for themselves, the things that I hear are often, it was great while I was out, but when I came home, I cried and cried, cried, or I feel guilty because when we were out, we didn't think about it. And then I got home and remember, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. that is. Um, But one of the best ways that I've heard it explained is a woman said to me, when I do something that I enjoy or for myself, I'm almost happy. Yeah. (laughs) Almost, you know, we're, we're not there. Um, But almost, and sometimes we need an almost happy day. Yeah. You know, and, and to give ourselves that. And as we move out into life, it's a mixture of happy and almost and not so much and yeah well I like that almost happy too because a lot of times I feel like you end up feeling guilty if you're happy right so if you said I was almost happy you might be able to say that and not feel guilty guilty yeah like how was your trip oh Oh, it was great well it was almost great Right. Because what would make it great is if my whole family were here. Right. It was almost. So it it can't be great. Right. Never again. Right. Yeah. But it almost great. Yeah. I like that. There's some positive twists. You're going to use that. I feel like I'm going to use that. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to use that. Go ahead. Actually, (laughs) that was a very good one. Yeah. Well, it's going to be almost happy and almost great. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. It was almost satisfactory. (laughs) Right. Satisfying. I don't know. You know, it's hard. And still people ask you, you know, how days were. And it's, it's. Yeah. You have to make that decision. Am I going to tell them? And that's a weird question. Do they really want to know? Do they not really want to know? Well, that's why when I ask people questions, I say, what part of vacation are you looking forward to? Or what part of today is hard? Or because it's, it's not that we're looking forward to the whole thing, but maybe there's a part of it that I get a change of scenery or, you know, I don't have to do dishes while we're gone or, you know, we, and again, what that comes back around to is the perspective of how you look at things. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we're going on vacation next week and obviously people will say, how was your vacation? And it will be easier. I think for me to say, I enjoyed this one specific thing. I think that will be easier right. for me to say than great because yeah. if I say great, I'll feel guilty. If I even if I say almost great, they'll probably look at you a little bit like weird. not sure what but, that means. But if I come up with something mm-hmm. specific, well, we really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed spending mm-hmm. time outside or something yeah. specific. Mm-hmm. It may be able to be um, just a little bit easier. 
right? Yeah. So I don't feel it on right. myself yeah. and I don't put it on other so people. So we can take the parts of it that just say, yeah, this part was great. And then if they're, you know, close friends or people who want to explore that more, well, what part, you know, it would be me. So, well, what part was hard for you? Right. <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah. Good. Well, thank you so You're much welcome. again. I really um, do enjoy and learn so much from you at yeah. the time. So well, I, I mentioned it. that a lot of this was inspired, um, my thought about, you know, how do we um, encourage and um, celebrate the bereaved? Celebrate's not the right word, but, you know, just incur- empower, encourage, acknowledge what they're going through was yes. inspired by an editorial. And I just want to read the last line as we close. Um, that sounds great. It says... Um, So we salute all the winners who have survived a tragedy, who have kept on living, contributing, and loving. You are heroes all. And I think we do. We keep loving and contributing and living. And that's important because Mm -hmm. I mentioned before how many times I get asked how sad my job is. It is more sad for me when I see someone who stops living when their child dies or their person Mm-hmm. than it is that that person died and they have to go on living, figuring out how to do that. I mean, that that death is quite frankly a part of life and that's what we learn as well. So we just want to celebrate the fact that if you keep on living, contributing and loving, yeah, you're a hero. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to Losing a Child. Always Andy's mom. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. We are always looking for new show ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, know someone who'd be a great guest, or have a show idea, please email us at marcy at andysmom.com. Be sure to visit the webpage, andysmom.com, for more content, including Marcy's blog. There you can also sign up to receive updates via email. Together, let's work to inspire hope, one day at a time.